What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Two Minute Drill presented by Deep Dive Sports. As always, I'm your host, Dom, and I'm joined this week by Nick and Brian. We got a good episode in store for you guys this week. We're going to start off with some USFL talk. Um, they just finished week three of their season, and we'll go into the NFL draft that just wrapped up, talk about you know some surprises, who we thought did well, who we thought maybe had a bad draft, but We'll go more in detail with that later. But starting things off, USFL Week 3, did you guys catch anything? Um, if you did, do you think the on-field product is getting a little bit better? I think it's getting worse. Um, what do you guys think? We'll start with Brian. Um, I watched a little bit of it. I think the on-field product is getting maybe a little bit better. We're still seeing a lot of offensive mess up. Yeah, I agree. Nick, what, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's just going to take time. So. I mean, I think we talked about it last week. They only got a couple of weeks prior to kind of put it together and figure out. I, I did see a video that there was some player that was smoking during practice or walkthrough. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know. I, they're, they're doing it definitely differently. So I don't know. The, I think if like, I think you said it last week, Dom, if we were going to go into this thinking that the play on the field was going to be as good, you know, as the NFL – I just don't think that that's really where we're at. I think right now what we can expect is like maybe getting the same play as like the majority of D1 football outside of maybe the top four or five schools. I think that's probably where we're at with this right now. I'm not saying that those guys, you know, some of them aren't better than a lot of D1 guys, but I'm just saying that I think that's where we're at, you know, like when we're watching it and stuff like that, things happening, the mistakes happening, you know, just those kinds of things. I, I think if we go into it, just having fun watching a football game, maybe, you know, drink a couple beers and, and go with it that way. I think a lot more people are going to enjoy these games because it's not, it's not something that, that we're taking seriously. We're just watching. And it doesn't even seem like they're taking it all that seriously. <laughs> so they're just going out yeah. there playing football, trying to, um, you know, some guys are going out there, you know, balling out, trying to build their name so that they can try to get into the league. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. From, like I said, I haven't been able to watch a ton of stuff. I watched some highlights and stuff like that. And obviously I saw that video that guy smoking during practice. But, you know, from what I've seen, it just kind of seems like they're just out there playing football and having fun. And then a few guys are trying to get recognized so they can get into the league. That's kind of what I've seen so far. So I think that's just what we're going to get, you know, viewership wise out of it. It's not going to be, you know, something that that we're going to get NFL level quality out of it right away. Right. And I think the USFL knows that because, I mean, they – they know that the players that are playing in their league are, you know, if they were able to play in the NFL, they would play in the NFL. So they know that it's, I don't want to say lower quality, but I mean, it's players that didn't make it into the NFL. So they definitely know where they stand in terms of, you know, their perception. And I think they're not taking themselves too seriously, which I think right now is a pretty good move. Cause I mean, they're just trying to establish themselves that they, come out season one trying to take down the NFL. I think they're just setting themselves up for failure. But I think right now, I think the league is in a pretty good spot after three weeks. Um, Brian, you mentioned the viewership is up. I do think the quality of play is getting a little bit better, um, except for Pittsburgh. They are awful, but. um, Absolutely terrible. Absolutely awful. (laughs) But I mean, Birmingham's looking really strong. I mean, they're undefeated. They're the only undefeated team right now. Um, New Orleans looked pretty good in the game last week. And I think Michigan actually looked pretty good. Granted, they were playing Pittsburgh, so I, I think any team's going to look good. But um, 
there, I think there's definitely been some improvement in play as these guys get more practice time. Um, the players that aren't smoking during practice are getting a little bit better. And I, I think the play on the field will start to get better as the year goes on. But do a, we'll do a quick little standings rundown um, since there's only eight teams of the league. It won't take that long. Um, but in the North Division right now, uh, first place is the New Jersey Generals at two and one. Second place is the Philadelphia Stars at one and two. Third is the Michigan Panthers at one and two. And at the bottom of the division is the Pittsburgh Maulers at 0 and three. In the South Division, you have the Birmingham Stallions at three and 0. New Orleans Breakers at two and one in second place. Tampa Bay Bandits also at two and one there in third place. And last place is the one and two Houston Gamblers. One little quick note before before we move on to the next topic. Through three weeks, we, we mentioned how bad this Pittsburgh team has been. Through three weeks, they've put up 26 points, and they've given up 71. <laughs> wow. Um, uh, yeah, uh, that, that's pretty bad. I, I think in any, any sport, that kind of point differential is not a good recipe for success. They could be the first team to go winless. Yeah, you're right. I, I If I was putting any money on this, I, I would put some money on them going winless. But moving on to the bigger event of the weekend, the NFL draft wrapped up. I think there were quite a bit of surprises. There was um, a record-setting number of trades in the first round. Uh, I think it was, what, eight or nine? There was definitely a lot of stories coming out of this draft, but how do you guys think that your favorite team did? Nick, we'll start with you. Honestly, I, don't, I didn't hate the draft that the Steelers had. I think that, you know, I, I really like George Pickens. I think that they did a pretty good job um, getting him in the second round. I know we needed a wide receiver. They ended up getting two of them, um, second one being Calvin Austin. The third from Memphis at 138. Um, we needed another tight end. So I think we got good value in the later rounds. I'm kind of confused about the last pick, which we picked a quarterback from uh, South Dakota State. I don't really know why. I probably would have gone with a more position player. The other reason that I'm kind of iffy about it is just, picking Kenny Pickett so early because when you kind of saw the the run on quarterbacks didn't happen until um, the third round there. So I just think they probably could have waited until the second round if they really wanted to go get him. I think if they like were really set on him, they could have traded up into the second round, maybe try to get one of those like first couple picks in the second round there and go get him. And then at 20, they could have gotten, um, I think that like Linderbaum was still there. Like there was some good offensive linemen that were still there that they could have gone, they could have gotten and, you know, kind of helped shirt up that offensive line because they didn't drive any offensive line in the draft, which is an, another reason why I'm kind of like, a little, um, I don't know. <laughs> so we've had our offensive line problems in the past couple of years. And I don't know if you put a good offensive line in front of Najee Harris, I think that, that him and that defense can carry a team and you just need a quarterback to go in there and not make mistakes. And I think that that team could be pretty successful. So I don't know. I, I'm a little, I'm a little back and forth on it. I think that I want to see what Kenny Pickett can kind of develop into over the next couple of years. Cause if he actually can become the franchise quarterback, then I'm excited about this draft. And if he's not, then we wasted a first round draft pick on him when we could have probably drafted him in the second round. So um, that's where I'm at with it. But I do, I do like the value we got with everybody after that in, in the later rounds. I think that was pretty good value. So. Do you think they uh, picked the right quarterback? I think they picked the the most like NFL ready quarterback right now. 
whether or not um, he'll be the best down the road, I think is, I think is, you know, probably we'll have to see. I, I honestly think that Kenny Pickett in my mind is going to have probably the best NFL career. If he's able to start with the Pittsburgh Steelers, I just, I'm not a big believer in Malik Willis. I think as everybody, everybody else is, I just, I don't know. I, I think that he is a freak athlete, and I think at some point, you know, he might be used as like a gadget guy, and maybe he'll get an opportunity. Kind of like, to me, he's kind of like how we saw like Jalen Hurts. Like Jalen Hurts didn't seem like he had a spot or that he was going to be a starting quarterback, but he was able to kind of be used as a gadget guy and then work work on his craft and kind of develop into a starter. And if Malik Willis can do that with the Tennessee Titans, um, then I could see him getting an opportunity to start there, but. I don't know. I, I think Kenny Pickett can walk into Pittsburgh and, and compete for the starting job. Now, whether or not that says anything, I don't know, because I, I don't really believe at all in Mason Rudolph and, and Mitchell Trubisky has to me that that he actually needs to start in the NFL again. So I'm iffy about the, the Kenny Pickett selection. I think if you guys were able to get him in the second round, I would feel a little bit better about it. But yeah, no, I I'm, I'm really not sold on any of these quarterbacks in I don't know. If I were the Steelers, I would definitely sit Kenny Pickett for now, um, at least most of, if not the entire first season. Um, I mean, you have Trubisky. He's not awful. I mean, you, you look at some of his numbers and, you know, he, he has a career. He has a better stat line for his career than Baker Mayfield and a couple other quarterbacks that are starting right now. So I mean, he's not a horrible option. I mean, you can only do so much with Matt Nagy as your, as your quarterback or as your um, head coach. If you but, use Trubisky like to like his abilities, like they never they never used his abilities in the right way in Chicago. And like right. Mike, Mike Tomlin's a super smart coach, and I think that if they're able to use his abilities to their advantage, I think that he could be, you know, a successful like bottom tier quarterback in the league. And like I said, that team doesn't need somebody who's going to go out there and be an all star. They like they remind me a lot of like the Tennessee Titans. And the fact that they have like a running back who can really carry them. And if they're able to, you know, and that defense is always going to be top 10, top five in the league. So if you can get a guy who can go out there and make some, you know, not make any mistakes, you know, extend some plays. I think that that's kind of all they need. And I think Kenny Pickett can develop into that guy. And I also think that it's not going to take long for him to develop that guy. I, I can see them starting Kenny Pickett probably by week eight or week nine, depending on how Mitchell is doing. If Mitchell Dubisky comes out and he lights the world on fire, then I don't see Kenny Pickett seeing the field, you know what I mean, for a while. No. But if if Mitchell Dubisky comes out and he's just average and the Steelers are 500 halfway through the season and, you know, Kenny Pickett is really showing that he's, you know, nipping on his heels in practice, I think he's going to get the opportunity to start. And like I said, I think he's the most ready to start only because he played in college for so long. So, you know, I just think he's right. a little polished, but I I think a lot of people are worried about his ceilings. So whatever, whatever his ceiling is going to be, he's going to have to, you know, work with that and decide that on his own. I don't know. I, I feel like this last year, with how bad the ACC was really made Kenny Pickett look better than he really is. Cause I mean, he was what a four year starter at Pitt. And but I think, this is, this but, is but in his first three years as a starter, he never threw more than 20 touchdowns in a season. And then going into the ACC this year, a, a year that Clemson didn't even finish in the top 25 and the whole conference was pretty awful. Yeah. He looked good, but he wasn't playing against really any good competition. 
Now, if he would have had this kind of season and Clemson was still, you know, a top five program and some of the other, you know, usual ACC powerhouses were still really strong and he had this kind of season, then yeah, I'd be pretty impressed, but I don't know. He didn't really play against any good competition. I, I think that the weakness of the conference this year really made him look better than he really is. But I mean, we'll, we'll see. There's definitely potential there. And I think learning under Trubisky for a little bit and having Mike Tomlin as your coach is definitely a good situation to be in. I mean, I, I kind of disagree with you because I mean, look at like, look at like Trevor Lawrence and we never, we never held against him that, that he played against crap team the whole time he was there. He had no real competition and they see the whole time he was, and we never held that against him. So when he played well, we were always like, oh, wow. Like, yeah, know, but they, they were also going to the playoffs every year. So he was going up against Alabama and Georgia and Ohio State. No, I mean, I get that. But, like, the problem is, is, like, you know, he played he played well against D1 talent. I mean, regardless of where you go in, in each in each conference, you're going to have one or two schools that are going to be pretty much the top in there. And then everybody else is just going to kind of be fighting for, you know, mid-tier college programs. I mean, you, you could even say that about Ohio State. I mean, realistically, every year there's what? I mean, Michigan was good this year, but normally they're not that good. Normally Ohio State, you know, it's, it switches between like Michigan, Penn State, maybe Michigan's, maybe Wisconsin's good yeah. one year. Like it's not, you know what I mean? So you talk about like Justin Fields going up against people, now C.J. Stroud. Like I think that that, like that argument about not going against like amazing talent it, it doesn't really hold that much weight because all these quarterbacks that, are, that get drafted you know in the first round or they're they're held to a people think they're they're pretty good going to the draft they're they're all playing against pretty subpar talent until either they get to the playoffs or they're they're playing like two or three that are actually quality teams. like you know like where they have a lot of nfl ready to do so right. I, I think that there's a reason why in years where the conference was better pickett didn't play well but in a year where Miami was seven and five and Clemson again, wasn't at the top 25, they were 10 and three. Miami's been there, 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 there's a reason why all of a sudden this year, he started playing better. Miami's it's been not like, it. <laughs> like, I don't understand. Like, yes, Clemson, Clemson was bad this year for whatever reason, even though they kind of still had a, a top recruiting class that was, I, I don't know, for whatever reason they were bad, but Miami has been bad for years. They haven't, been a good program for a long time so i don't that again that doesn't that doesn't been a, been a pretty good program but it's whatever in the in the past in the past five years they've been you're telling me that they they've been a good program they've they've been better than they've been better than 10 wins in the past five years once i'd have to i'd have to look up their win total I don't know. The quarterback class, I agree. I think that everybody should wait till next year, but that's just not how it works. If you find a guy that you like, go ahead and draft him. I Steelers did that. Was it too early? I think so. We both think so, but we'll have to wait. Yeah. Brian, what about you? Um, I know uh, Dom's going to go over the Browns in more detail, so I just kind of gloss over them. I, I think I give it an average. I mean, they covered the holes that they needed to cover. I mean, I'm really glad we got a kicker because God, we needed one last year. Rough. Other than that, I uh, wasn't a big fan of us getting a running back in the later round. I just, I don't really see why we would do that versus some of the other areas where we really need depth. But uh, I'll talk a little more, more about my second favorite team, the Broncos. I mean, this team, after, you know, getting Russell Wilson, 
is a pretty complete unit. And I mean, they did a pretty solid job given the fact that they didn't have a first round. I mean, they got an edge in the second round, which, you know, is going to be a big help since they got rid of uh, Von Miller last year. And uh, really, they just went for defense. So, I mean, they got two cornerbacks at safety and two interior D linemen. So, I mean, it looks like uh, they're aiming to try to make a elite defense to complement, you know, what should be a pretty solid offense. Yeah, I, I agree. The, the Broncos have been a solid team outside of the quarterback position for a number of years. And now I think they're going to have an elite offense. And their defense was already pretty good. But I really like what they did in the draft. And I, I think that defense is going to be – I mean, it has the potential to be a top-10 defense, if not top five. So I, I think this team is sitting really good in, I think, without a doubt, the best division in football. Um, but going on to, to my favorite team, the Browns. I think, I think time will tell how good this draft is, but looking at some of the value that they were able to get, I like it. Um, sitting at, I mean, their first pick was supposed to be a 44. And they knew that they weren't going to get really any of the top talent in the draft. Um, so I think being able to, to trade back and see all the value that, that was still going to be available to them later in the draft, I think moving back was a good idea. Um, I was kind of hesitant about the first pick, Martin Emerson, um, the quarterback out of Mississippi State. I kind of didn't understand the logic behind the pick, considering that we were already pretty set at corner. Um, but then trading Troy Hill um, kind of made the pick make a little bit more sense. And Greedy um, going into the last year of his deal, if they don't want to re-sign Greedy Williams, Martin Emerson obviously can fill his role pretty easily. Um, Alex Wright, the defensive end, I think he could be – We'll see if he can be a starter. I think he'll be a good rotation D end. Um, he obviously has potential to do a little bit more than just be a rotation guy, but it's pick 99, 108, and 124, the ones that I'm really excited about. So 99, they went and got wide receiver David Bell out of Purdue. I think he's going to be a he, – he has a potential to be a really good slot receiver. I think he'll fill in Jarvis Landry's role pretty nicely. He can do everything that you need him to do. And he's got solid hands and do knows how to get open. Um, then pick 108, they went and got Perry on Winfrey. This is the dude that I really, really wanted. I thought he was going to be an early second round pick. I'm surprised that he fell all the way to 108, but I am glad that he did because that dude's going to be good. I think out of, out of this whole draft, I think Winfrey will go down as the best pick out of this draft. Um, but also Cade York, he's going to be hopefully, knock on wood, a good kicker. Um, we saw him at LSU. The dude was just kicking bombs, and he was making them. I think in his career, he had like 17 kicks of over 50 yards in his career. Um, so dude's accurate. Dude's got a leg. I'm excited about it. Um, I do think the Jerome Ford pick is a little head-scratching, but going into the last year of the contract for um, Kareem Hunt, I think Jerome Ford's going to be able to replace him we also don't know what Darren Johnson is going to be um, after this year because they brought him back, but I think it was only on a one-year deal. So, I mean, we have the potential to lose Kareem Hunt and Dearness Johnson, and I think Jerome Ford is going to be our, our number two back probably next year or the year after that. But it definitely gives us some wiggle room. We can trade we can trade Kareem Hunt now. Um, I know they're not really set on Demetri Felton as a running back, so it just gives them a little bit more versatility. But – Overall, I think the draft was all right. I'd probably give it like a B minus. 
But moving on, um, what teams do you think had the best, the worst, and the most underrated draft this year? Nick, we'll start with you. Um, I kind of have like a bunch of different categories. So this is what I'll say. I think the rich got richer. The Ravens and the Chiefs had a phenomenal draft, in my opinion. The Chiefs got better on defense, which is what they needed to do. I think that they were needed. And mm-hmm. the Ravens got a steal and so he fell yeah. too far and a lot of teams passed on him and I think they saw him and picked him up. And that's what's really gonna hurt us as AFC North fans with the Browns and the Steelers. Once he gets healthy, he's gonna wreak havoc. But I think my like true big winners are gonna be those. I think the Jets and the Giants just for so long, you know, we've kind of seen them and you know the the Browns were kind of the same way until um the GM that was there with them. Um oh, he's with Detroit now. Yeah. I can picture his face. I don't know. Wow, that's, that's, that's going to bug me. <laughs> Hold on. We're pausing this. Yeah. Oh, well, I'll keep, John, I'll John Dorsey. John, John Dorsey. John Dorsey. There you go. Yes. So once once John Dorsey got to Cleveland, they actually started drafting like quality players at pick. So I think that, you know, we, we've seen this with a lot of teams, whether that was the Jags or, you know, the two New York teams. Like, I think, I think that that's just like, I think that's what we've seen, but but the Giants and the Jets, they just had a phenomenal draft. Like I think that the Jets did a, a phenomenal job trading back into the first round to go ahead and get the second. A lot of people are saying that he's kind of a, a really underrated pass rusher and that um, he's going to be pretty successful in the NFL. I, I would like to see it first, but I think that that was a, a good move by them and they didn't really cost him that much. I really like that they drafted uh, Brees Hall in the second round. As I think he's a pretty solid running back out of Iowa State. And then, obviously, we got to watch a lot of Jeremy Rucker at Ohio State. I think that was a huge pickup at 101, the more underrated picks, and he has a lot of potential there at tight end. I, I just – and, obviously, they got Sauce Gardner. And so, <laughs> I think you've got two of the best players on both sides of the ball. I think you could argue, you know, the – you know, Wilson, Alave, and James, who was truly the best wide receiver in this draft, but I think that they – so, for me, that's, that's going to be my best. For my worst – I just I think the Colts probably had the worst draft in mind. Not because I don't think they did a great job. I just think that I don't know. They went with Alec Pierce as like their first pick in the draft at 53, the wide receiver out of Cincinnati. And I don't know. I think it's probably more value that they could have gotten in another player there at 50. But I don't know. We'll see. They didn't really need to fill many holes, but I just I don't know. I don't know much about. Oh, they they picked like an offensive lineman from Central Michigan. Picked a safety from Maryland. I don't know. They they weren't very like. I see. To me, just not very high. You know, picks. To me, they had the other people. And then I think for underrated, I had a couple teams, and we'll talk more about it later. But I think people are kind of, and not that it's underrated, but people are looking side eyed at the New England Patriots. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think. I think that, you know, I'll talk about it a little bit more later in the next topic, but I think that they 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 drafted with a draft, and I think it'll turn out successful for them because it always does. So that's why I kind of had them in my underrated list. The other one that I had in my underrated list um, was Seattle. I think that, you know, getting Kenneth Walker the third out of Miss Huge Get, I think that adds really good, you know, running back in the running back. And then I just think they got – some pretty quality guys. They got Kobe Bryant there at 109 from Cincinnati. I think that's a quality guy um, later in the draft. And then they got Tyke from Ohio State, just another quality guy um, to help on the defense there late in the draft. That was solid, you know, either rotational player or a solid starter uh, one day for them. 
last I just had the Eagles. The Eagles didn't have like a ton of picks, but I feel like with what they did with their picks, they did a really good job, like getting to Kobe Dean to pick up. And then um, I'm probably going to say his name. I think it's Kyron Johnson. I think that was a pretty good pickup too. So like I said, they had what, five picks? I think they picked pretty well. At both. And I, I think um, A.J. Brown was also a pretty good pickup too. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because <laughs> the, the, the Lions kind of screwed them over, went one pick in front of them and got the wide receiver Eagles wanted. <laughs> yeah. So I think a lot of people are, might, they were, I was reading that they were kind of like, oh, they didn't have a lot of picks, you know, but they did bring in A.J. Brown. And then I think a lot of people were um, kind of iffy for some reason on the Kobe Dean flipped a little bit, I think. But um, I, I think they did a, a quality job all around. And I think the Eagles are going to be a pretty solid team. That's why I kind of had them in my eye. I'd agree with that. Um, Brian, what do you think? Um, for the best, and oh god, it hates it hurts for me to say this. The Ravens. I mean, most of the early picks could have gone in the first round. They got pretty good value for uh, trading Brown, and I know <laughs> you know they went heavy on just linemen on both sides of the ball. So they got a lot of guys in the trenches. So I think uh, they're going to be really good next year. For the worst, I'm going to go with the Bears. I mean, I don't think they're the absolute worst, but I just want to talk to talk about them. I mean, they got Jaquan Brisker, they got Zachary Thomas, which I don't hate those picks, but we all saw what happened last year. Justin Fields was running for his life. I mean, the poor guy got beat the crap out of, and they decided to wait to you know fifth and sixth rounds to get O linemen. I think uh, that was kind of a mistake. They should have done that a lot earlier. And then for underrated, I got the Packers. I mean, I know a lot of people, myself included, after the first day when they didn't get a wide receiver because they went and got uh, Quay Walker, who's a linebacker. They got Devontae uh, Wyatt, who's a defensive tackle. I mean, I thought that was a big mistake. I thought Aaron Rodgers' head was going to explode. But then they traded up on day two, got an early second round and got Christian Watson, who is a really good wide receiver. So, I mean, I know a lot of people are giving them crap because they dev- they traded Devontae Adams, got a first round for him, and then waited to the second day to get a receiver for Aaron Rodgers. But I kind of think uh, they got really good value for their uh, picks. I'd agree. Um, I think – I'd, I'd agree with Nick. The best draft, I, I would, I'm going to say the Jets. I think the Jets had the best draft. You look at all the, the quality young talent that they were able to bring in. Um, they're, like, they're already high talent, but they are, they're also high potential guys. None of these guys are projects that you got to wait two, three, four years to see what they can become. We know that all these dudes, you know, if, barring any injury, and, you know, bad coaching or, or whatnot. I, I, th- I think all these guys have the potential to become pro bowlers. I, I think the Jets really set themselves up. They're building a good team around Zach Wilson. And I, I think going down the road, I, I think they're going to be a good team. They're not going to contend for the playoffs this year. That's for sure. But I think, you know, two, three years from now, yeah, I could definitely see them competing for a playoff spot. Um, worst, I have the Patriots. I know it's hard to go against Bill Belichick because he's Bill Belichick, but I I really don't understand what they were thinking with this draft. I mean, taking the offensive lineman strange in the first round, a lot of people had second, third round grade on him. They definitely could have gotten him later because he was guaranteed to be available to him later on in the draft. I feel like there were other needs on this team that they could have addressed. 
you know, you look at the wide receiving core, I, I, I can't really name a, a quality wide receiver on that team. Other, other, you know, really, there, there are no really good wide receivers on, on this team. I feel like they could have definitely taken a wide receiver there because there was a ton of good wide receivers available to them. Um, I feel like, I don't know, I, I feel like there was a definite missed opportunity in the first round. I think that kind of ruined the draft for them. Um, but underrated, I'm going to go with the Detroit Lions. I, no one's really talking about them right now, but I really, really, really like what they, they did. I think they've, they've realized that they're not going to be able to move on from Jared Goff just yet, but he's good enough for now. He's, you know, probably at like a Baker Mayfield level, maybe a little bit better than Baker Mayfield. So, I mean, you can win with him if, you know, there, you have a good situation around him and you have some talent. And I think they went and got talent this year. They got Aiden Hutchinson um, with the second overall pick. I think that that pick alone is a great pick. You know, keeping the Michigan kid in, at home, I think he was the best edge rusher out of this draft. He's definitely the most NFL-ready um, edge rusher out of this draft. I think he's going to be a monster. I think moving up to go get Jameson Williams, while he's not going to be able to play this year, I think going forward he's going to be their number one receiver, and I think he's going to be a damn good wide receiver that Jared Goff or whoever the quarterback for the future is going to love throwing to. Then um, they went and got another edge rusher in Josh Pascal. I think he's going to be a really solid player. Just overall, I'm I'm really liking what the Lions did, and it seems like they're an organization that you know was kind of just bad, couldn't do anything right for a while. But it seems like they they finally have a head coach and GM that's kind of on the same page, and they're finally starting to get some good talent. And I think the future is pretty bright for this team. I. Like the Jets, I, I don't think they're going to compete for playoffs for a couple more years, but I think they're laying the foundation for what could be a better franchise going forward. But moving on, are there any surprises in this draft? Um, players that you thought maybe fell a little bit more than you expected to or players that were taken a little bit earlier than you expected would be taken? Well, we'll start with Brian on this. Um, I was really surprised Malik Willis fell to the, all the way to the third. I was also surprised, I mean, before the draft, we saw a lot of playoff caliber teams trade away their best receivers. You know, Devontae Adams got traded, Tyree Kill got traded, a couple other guys got traded. I mean, I get it. It's for, you know, to save on cap, it's to get some draft capital, but I was really surprised to see that trend continue during the draft is uh, you got A.J. Brown going to the Eagles. You got Marquise Brown going to the Cardinals. So I'm just curious to see if teams that are generally considered playoff, you know, teams are going to make this a habit from now on. Yeah, I think that's fair. Nick, what, what do you think? Just on the wide receiver thing, I, I think that honestly seen is that like that team that half the team, the majority of the teams, are telling wide receivers that yes, you're important and we're cool giving you, but we're not giving you quarterback. You're not, you're not as in as the quarterback, and you're not getting. So like some teams will do it, and most of the teams won't. And like I think that's kind of where we're at in the league right now, and that's why we saw a lot of wide receivers on the move because you see guys like oh, AJ Brown, East Brown, like we saw them move in the draft because they saw what you know Tyreek Kill was able to get, like, and they're like, oh well, we want close to that like we know we're probably not going to get 30 but we kind of want like 23 24 million dollars a year and, and the teams were like ah uh, yeah we're not going to give that because yeah. we can go out and we can draft somebody that 
they may not be as good as you right off the bat, but in a year or two, they're going to be right where we I think that that's kind of where teams are at right now, especially playoff-ready teams, because your playoff teams that traded away their wide receivers, their teams like Green Bay, Tennessee, Baltimore, and Kansas City. Am I missing one? And the Cowboys technically traded away Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. But those four teams that I mentioned <laughs> before, they are consistently in the playoffs. They are consistently good quality teams, and they're smart, and they understand that the positions that you pay money to are going to be the person throwing the ball, your main guy trying to go sack them every down of the game, and then your guy covering the other team's best wide receiver. That's where you spend your money. So you can you can get good value in the draft with wide receivers because you don't need to pay them. Big. Now, I get that you have some running backs and wide receivers. You know, they're dudes, they're generation, but it's not worth paying them 20 five thirty million dollars a year like they're making quarterback money so now are you not going to pay a quarterback for 50 million dollars a year because at that point yep. 80 million dollars in two players and if you add a premier pass rusher that's another 30 million dollars a year and then you're just like okay well where's all your cap space now you got to sign people to minimum and you're not going to be a good team so i think at, at some point for me my biggest surprise i have two of them the quarterback run went pretty late in my mind, I guess, like, going back and thinking about it, I think that I just didn't think about all the moves that happened, I guess, with quarterbacks this offseason. Like, we saw the Broncos solidify their, their quarterback situation, so they didn't have to draft another quarterback <laughs> this year in the first round to try to figure out if that worked out. Um, and, you know, I just – I think that a lot of other teams figured it out. Like, the Colts kind of figured out who was going to be their quarterback. You know, the Arizona situation kind of got figured out. I guess Kyler Murray's staying. The Packers figured theirs out because, you know, Aaron Rodgers is staying. San Francisco's going to go with Trey Lance. So, like, realistically, you know, the only teams that probably were going to draft quarterbacks was going to be Pittsburgh, Seattle, maybe Carolina, depending on if they still want to go with Sam Darnold or they wanted to trade for Baker Mayfield. But, you know, and then the Falcons seemed like they weren't super interested in drafting a quarterback there. They're kind of in mode hoping that Pittsburgh went out and got their quarterback, but, you know, everybody else didn't. So, like, um, but I am surprised that team to the third round backs. I figured. Moving on to my biggest surprises. Um, I was surprised by the number of trades that were made in the first round. Um, they set an NFL record with nine in the first round this year. And I'm not sure how many were made throughout the entirety of the draft, but it seemed like every every round there was at least two, three, four trades. Um, I think it shows how aggressive a lot of these GMs are getting. If these teams are, you know, playoff contenders or on the verge of being playoff contenders, these teams are being aggressive and they are going out and getting their dudes. Even, even if they're a team like the Lions, they're not really a playoff contender, but they went out and traded up in the first round and went out and got their wide receiver. Um, I think it's good for the NFL to, to see teams that are aggressive and trying to put, put together teams that are going to be winners. Um, I don't really see teams really tanking as much as we did back when the Browns were tanking. Um, the Dolphins were tanking for two for a while, but I think those days are kind of done. And I, I like how aggressive teams are getting and trying to build teams to win now. Um, and then my second surprise, um, I am a little bit surprised of how far Malik Willis fell. Um, you know, we, we go back to the last episode. I wasn't really too high on any of these quarterbacks. 
I really didn't think any of these quarterbacks were going to go in the first round. And if they did, one was going to go in the late first round. I just didn't think that Malik Willis was going to fall to the third round. I thought most of these quarterbacks were second, like mid to late second round quarterbacks. And I think the t- the Titans potentially have a steal on their hands because he's going to be able to sit behind Ryan Tannehill for a year. He's going to be able to learn. He's going to be able to sit with Mike Vrabel, Mike Vrabel and really develop and have the time to develop into the quarterback that, you know, everyone thinks that he could be, but he's not going to really be in any pressure to perform this year. So I think just going into this year and being able to really just ease into the NFL and take time and learn and develop his craft is, is going to be really good for him going forward. And I wouldn't be surprised if next year he's their starter. But moving on to the last topic of the night. Um, are there any players taken between rounds three and seven that you think could potentially surprise us and become stars? Uh, we'll start with uh, Ryan on this one. I know we talked a little bit about him, but I'm just going to say Cade York. I mean, if anything the last offseason taught us was that kickers are worth their weight in gold. I mean, how many games ended either a last-second field goal or just, you know, a three-point difference? Cleveland has had god-awful luck with kickers. I mean, they got the best one in the draft. And, I mean, if you look at his college stats, he could definitely be the guy. And, I mean, Cleveland's got to be one of the harder places to kick, especially in, like, November, December. So, I think, you know, if he works out well, it's going to prove all those people that are upset with Cleveland for taking a kicker in the fourth round completely wrong. Yeah, I agree. Hell, I, I was saying that the Browns should just, you know, screw it and just go get two kickers. Might as well. They've been so bad at them. Might as well have some good competition in, in training camp. But, Nick, what about you? I think I already mentioned a couple, I think, a surprise. I can become pretty – I don't know about, like, stars, but I think pretty solid players. Nicobe Dean, Jeremy Rucker, we got to see a lot of Jeremy. So, I, I just think really solid tight looking background. Ohio State uses them a lot as blockers. He was able to catch some big-time passes, big-time games. I think my main one is going to be Thayer Munford out of Ohio State as well. He went 238 to, a lot, uh, <clears throat> to the Raiders. But I, I just think that that offensive line at Ohio State is really solid, and they always have a lot of solid guys. And, and he kind of slipped down pretty far. But I think that, you know, after training camp and then after the – he's going to develop pretty solid offensive linemen. And either, you know, midway through the first year going – I don't know. I, I really do believe in, in our lineman that we produce at Ohio State. I think that he kind of slipped far, pretty far down, and I think he's got a pretty good pick. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised he fell that far because, like you said, Ohio State has a history of developing good offensive linemen. Yeah. Um, so they have the track record of producing top talent. I'm surprised he fell so far. Um, I am really surprised that N'Kobe Dean fell as far as he did. Um, I, I think there's some injury concerns with him, but I mean, you look at this Georgia defense, they were a historically good defense, and he was the leader of that defense. You know, this defense isn't the same if he's not on it. So I think the Eagles got a steal. I wouldn't be surprised if if he's one of the best players coming out of this draft going forward. But I think my biggest steal, um, I think it's got to be Perry on Winfrey, uh, the fourth-round pick from the Browns. I, I just his attitude. I don't know if you guys have seen his press conference um, after the draft, but he made me want to just run through a wall and, and just suit up and, and show up to Berea for training camp, even though I belong nowhere near that building. <laughs> but I think the talents there, the attitudes there, 
Hey, the dude's going to work. I, I think this guy is going to be one of the best defensive tackles out of this draft class. And, you know, who knows what he could be going forward, but I think he's going to be a really, really good player. All right. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Two Minute Drill presented by Deep Dive Sports. I want to thank you guys again for coming on and we'll catch you guys in the next one. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Two Minute Drill. And make sure to follow the show on Instagram at Two Minute Drill Podcast, D-D-S. Don't forget to follow deep.dive.sports on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can listen to all of our shows wherever you get your podcasts. Also, comment on all our posts and episodes. We would love to hear what you think about the show and what we talk about each week. And as always, Two Minute Drill listeners, until next time.